podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. David! Gagan! Yes! How are you, my friend? We did speak last night, so it's not been a long time, because I was always I always open up, it's been a long time, but it hasn't this time. It normally has been a long time, but, you know... Hey, this you, this you, season, I mean, April was hectic. May, even more hectic. There's n- how do we fit one in with your, with your schedule, you know? With how many pods you're doing? It's impossible, right? Well, that's the thing. Plus, I, I, I went to France for a week as well, so I was um, I actually took a break for the first time in four and a bit years. Lovely. So um, that that sort of pushed my schedule all over the place as well. Well deserved, I must say. Well deserved. Ready for the busy summer as well. Yes, yeah, absolutely. We're we're convinced it's going to be a busy summer. True, uh, true or not, it's going to be it's going to be great. So. At the end of the day, a uh, little bit of fallout from last night. You know, um, we want to just address some things that did not. I did not condemn Liverpool's or Klopp's um, squad management. That has been absolutely magnificent. Some people on Twitter saying, um, and the the usage of this Zone Seven technology that's come out, software that's come out um, in the press recently. That's the type of marginal gains that push you towards a quad, you know. That's yeah. the type, you know. And we literally, if we can do the job on on Saturday night, we were nine minutes from a quad. Okay, that's yeah. that's 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 the that's the margin that anyone that, that needs to be held up for any team in the in in the future from England. Not, can you get nine minutes from a quad or not? And so, from my point of view, uh, no, I did not condemn. Um, at all, or take the piss out of uh, the, you know the, the, the squad management at all. I, you know, if if anything, Dave, we've literally been on the squad management bandwagon for ages and calling for this Naby and Thiago, um, you know, rotation for a long time. And in the end, he built them up so well that they could start playing together, which was the dream. Yeah, so, I think I think in a way he kind of had to as well. He he had to play them together because. You know how he is. Early in the season, he's always happy to play the younger players. You know, we'll always see Curtis play a whole bunch between August and Christmas. You know, Harvey would have played a lot more, obviously, if not for the ankle injury. But when it comes down towards the real business end of the season, Jurgen wants proven, experienced players that he knows he can trust. And he knows he can trust four midfielders to play regularly. Um, Fabinho, Thiago, Naby and Brian. Obviously, Milner is one he'll trust to start, but you just physically... Well, physically, Milner can't hold up to starting too regularly 
or playing too regularly. And in, in truth, he's just simply not good enough to play regularly at this point. But Klopp will still put trust in him over, say, a Curtis Jones at this point of the season. Early in the season, he'd give Curtis the minutes. I, I don't know where the idea that you criticised the, the squad management came from. All we've ever said is that they just haven't given Jürgen enough of a squad for him to manage. Like, he's always been left short somewhere. It's like the old Rafa Benitez thing of, you know, you pull the blanket up to cover your shoulders and all of a sudden your toes are sticking out. That's basically what Jürgen was dealing with, where he might have had depth in one area, but it came at the cost of having depth somewhere else. So we got Jota in, Thiago in, and we had, you know, that extra midfielder, that, that extra striker. And we didn't get that centre back in, and that ended up screwing our season over. Then this season, we got a striker, we you know, or a defender in the summer. We got an attacker in the in the January, but we're kind of one short in midfield. So Klopp is always having to pull magic out of things. And what I love is what you mentioned is is this idea of the marginal gains, like. This Neuro Eleven Zone Seven, you know. Neuro Eleven. We didn't. We didn't hear about Neuro Eleven until the first Cup final. We didn't hear about Zone Seven until very recently. So the club have been working with them since last summer, but it wasn't something that was publicly announced because they don't want everyone else knowing what they're doing. So imagine there's probably two or three other companies that they're working with in different spaces to try and get those marginal gains, Agreed. to try and find that little inch that we can work in that City aren't doing. And that's how we compete with them. That's how we make up the difference. Oh, you can spend a billion quid on players. Well, we're going to hire the best people in every single position. And that's what John Henry has done at Liverpool. Yeah, Obviously, I'm not sure that um, Pep or someone will want uh, to be guided, you know, by something like no, exactly. Know, some he's he's the ego is off the charts for that man. I mean, he's he's very talented, no no doubt about it. It'd be stupid to say he's not, but um, I don't think that the guy would want to be, you know, like how Klopp's bought into literally everything: the Nero Eleven stuff, the Zone Seven. Talented stuff. is he though? Hmm? Like he's obviously he's obviously a tremendous coach. Who, who, Pep? Pep. He's yeah, a yeah, tremendous yeah. coach. He gets his players playing wonderful football and he gets them incredibly well drilled. Yeah. And you watch City play and it, it is very robotic and a lot of it is, you know, put the ball into certain areas. It's, it's, it's like a very fancy version of, version of what Stoke used to do. Put the ball into areas of maximum possibility. City have, you know made those areas smaller so they put the ball into specific spots and things happened from there. All those cutbacks, all those crosses to the back post, things like that. But as a manager, guys, as a manager, as a manager of players, oh, no, as a manager not, of a no. squad, he's not as, a, a as a game day manager, I don't think he's a patch on Klopp. And when no. you look at his success, yes, he did, he did incredible work at Barca. There's no mm. doubt about it. Won two Champions Leagues and a couple of league titles. But he did inherit Messi, Iniesta, Busquets, Xavi, Henri, Etu, 
Puyol, Pique, Danny Alves, Eric Al- He did inherit that team. Like, he made tweaks to it, but he inherited arguably the greatest player ever and three of the greatest midfielders ever. If you can't make that work, I don't know what that says about you. So he, him making it work obviously shows he's, he's good, but is he great? He hasn't won a Champions League without Messi. He walked into a Bayern Munich team who just won the European Cup, just won a treble, and he won league titles. But Bayern had won league titles before him. They've won every league title since. They didn't win the European Cup with him. He's come to City. This is a City team that had won two league titles before he got there. He's obviously won four now. But his best players since he's been there, the two best players at Man City since Pep took over, have been Kevin De Bruyne and Raheem Sterling both of whom he inherited. He inherited company, Silva, Aguero, Fernandinho. Like, John Stones was there before he got there. M- many of the really important players at City were there before him. He spent a lot of money. He spent quite a bit of it badly. And I don't think... I think in his... His 17, 18 and 18, 19 teams, which... He'd obviously spent money on, he bought a bunch of fullbacks and whatever else. Those teams were better than this team. And this team is about 400 million more expensive than that team. So as a coach, I think he's incredible. As a manager, I'm just, he's obviously very good. I just don't think he's, I don't think he's Klopp's level as a manager. No, and I think that's a that's a fair point. I think I think that's why Klopp's won the awards as well. I mean, it, it's unprecedented what he's done. Even even Pep hasn't got this far, you know, with all these trophies and and to get in in one single season. So that tells you something. And and by no means is our squad um, at a level of a Chelsea or a Man City's. Let's say you know, in terms of depth, like we like we see one player gets injured in a certain position, and we're struggling straight away. You know, it's not like. We have like for like replacements that are the same exact quality. You lose a Tiago. There's there's no one that actually brings the Tiago stuff in. You lose, you know, um, a VVD. I mean, of course, these are unbelievable talents. But City seem to go and buy literally the robotic players that can mm. fit, you know, into the positions where we've got bona fide world class stuff. But we have to have a drop. There's always a drop from what we go. Um, Just to tidy so- something up. Um, he- he signed John Stones. He did actually buy John Stones for fifty million pounds. He has since then gone and bought Nathan Aki for forty, uh, Americ Laporte for fifty, and Ruben Diaz for sixty-three. So you know he's he's just horsed money at these issues. Whereas we don't, and like you said, he's able to have like his backup centre back pairing cost ninety million. Our backup centre back pairing cost forty million, and if you view Ibu as the starter next to Virgil, our backup centre back pairing cost seven million. You know their starting left back cost sixty million. Ours cost eight. Mm. Their starting right back cost fifty million. Ours came from the academy. You know everywhere you look, the goalkeeper obviously is a bit of an exception. We spent more than them, but everywhere else they've just blown us out of the water in terms of what they've spent. And I think I saw someone say that over the last four years, from the start of 1819 till now, 
they've only attained two points more than us in the league. One, one. Was it not? Is it was it not one it before level. this season? Oh, I think it was. Maybe it was. Yeah, maybe it was one. It was level April last year, so it might have been one by the end of that. But I thought we won all our games. I thought it was level. We did, we did. Yeah, maybe yeah. there's, maybe there's one point. Yeah, yeah. But that just point, goes yeah. to show you that John, mad, club, right? <laughs> it's insanity. It's insanity for four years, and that includes one the season. Premier League to fucking show for it as well. But it includes a season where we had no centre backs. Yeah, yeah. Because they, like they the fact is, the before. but they lost one centre back, and yeah. he was only out for about four months. It's yeah. not the same thing. It's just such nonsense that people put forward as an excuse. Other nonsensical excuses that I've seen is that I saw someone today claim that Jurgen Klopp is overrated because he's only won one league title and one Champions League and one FA Cup and one league title or one uh, league cup in his seven years and that he shouldn't be compared to the greats like Ferguson. All right, then. What did Ferguson win in his first seven years at United? One FA Cup, one league title and one Cup Winners' Cup. And you know what? Ferguson won those things while, while being by far the highest spending manager in the Premier League. Like, by an absolute country mile, the highest spending manager in the Premier League in those seven years. Whereas we've been outspent by most of the league. Everton have spent more money than us since Klopp took over. So the idea that Ferguson's first seven years were anywhere close to Klopp's is nonsensical. What Jurgen Klopp has done at Liverpool while competing with cheaters is is historical. Yeah. It just is. It's Over 90 crazy. points three different times. Yeah, it's crazy. I just don't see how people can, uh, you know, undervalue it. It's, it's, it's crazy. They're, they're totally sports washed themselves. You know, it's a mm. brainwash. They're, the fans are actually sports washed into thinking that this is totally fine. What's going on? Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. the biggest issue we've got in football is that it's okay for someone to go and spend billions and win everything, but then anyone that achieves something out of merit and out of hard work and out of marginal gains that we just talked about is is put down and ignored. I just think that's the world's gone mad. Absolutely mad. And, and I think Klopp deserves... Klopp, and, and Klopp is first to praise his team too. He's got a really solid backroom staff. Linders and you know all of them guys that they're, they're just they're all they're all deserve praiseworthy you know literally none of them have got egos to say we're not bringing these these people on board these specialists on board it's 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 massive you know it's massive and forward thinking open minded coaching that's literally the future mm. it know? is of course it's collaborative and like I said earlier there's there's likely a couple more groups that we're working with that people just don't know about yet. Because no one knew about Arena 11 until the League Cup final. No one knew about uh, Zone 7 until last week, the week before. So it just goes to show you, you know, we we got laughed at when we brought in a throwing coach. But yet that helped us. All of these things help us. And you're right, it is down to Klopp and the coaching staff and their, their view on things and their willingness to work with outsiders and not run some sort of closed practice where it's their way and nothing else is important. Jürgen, when he first arrived, there was some issues in terms of his 
perhaps unwillingness to always listen to the sporting director or the, the sports science department rather. And if you remember the, when Adam Lalana tore his quad, that was because he played when the sports science department told Klopp not to play him. And yeah. Lalana missed four months. Do you know, that's that's where we've come from. It's got to and, grow, right? You got yeah, to of grow, course. And, got, but Klopp mm. has been very open about that. Like Klopp mm. doesn't hide. He doesn't make excuses for it. He just, he said he was wrong. He held his hands up. And he is now fully bought into what we do. But again, in our sports science department, we've always hired best in class. You know, we've got the best nutritionist as well. We've yeah. just given a big contract to a new physio, well, an old physio, to come back. Yeah. The one thing about FSG, while, while we will always have our gripes with them in terms of their spend on the first team, there can be absolutely no doubt that they spend massive amounts of money off the field in terms of every single department it's the best person available that we get now it takes them a while sometimes obviously it took them a while to get Klopp but you could look at it that they only ever appointed Rodgers as a placeholder like he was never going to be long term for them and even though he tried to force Michael Edwards out of the club they always kept Michael Edwards they always kept Dave Fallows. They always kept Barry Hunter. They wanted to make sure that, look, hang on, wait till this rides out and we get the manager in. Hold off on looking elsewhere, Michael. This job is yours. We just need to get through this period of time with him. And as soon as Klopp was available, Roger's situation was going to end one way or another, regardless of how poorly we, or, or well we'd started that season. As soon as Klopp indicated he was going to be ready to come back to management, we were going to be in there because we tried to appoint him when they bought the club. We tried to get him from Dortmund. He said no. We tried to appoint him when we appointed Rogers. Mm. He was tied in at Dortmund. He said no. We got him third time around. They were going to get him. One way or another, he was the one they wanted. He was the one they'd identified from day one. And Rodgers was only ever a placeholder. Rodgers was what we could get. That summer we appointed Rodgers. Klopp was the top target. Couldn't get him. Vias Boas was number two. He managed to talk himself out of the job. We tried for Frank De Boer. We interviewed Roberto Martinez. We interviewed a couple of others. Rodgers was just what we got left with. He wasn't anyone's choice. But it, it worked because it got us to the point where by the time Klopp was ready to go... We were sitting there waiting to take him in. Just a quick point on um, the penny pinching that Kieran's mentioning here that does his head in about FSG. The, literally, where we are right now is due to running this club properly. So if you've got a problem with running the club properly, then, you know, probably need to give the head, head a little bit of a, bit of a wobble. Um, because literally now, we're going to become the rich, one of the richest clubs there is through doing what we've done and i think it needs to just continue however they've been it's going to continue the funds Klopp. it was came out in from paul joyce whoever Klopp has been promised funds this time you know because they know the job he's done he deserves it mm. he literally deserves it. i will say worried. though like there is there is merit to the argument that the penny pinching has cost us silverware over the last few years like 1819 
I think it's different. I think it's we should have won the league if we right if we weren't relying right on. I think Edwards is not penny pinched, but been stubborn in his process of. Choosing... But Edwards, it, Edwards can only spend what's available to him. Edwards isn't the one making financial decisions. No, no, I'm not talking about finances, though, am I? I'm talking about players being the right player being available for Edwards to go and say, "Yeah, that's fine. We're going to go for him." If that makes yeah, but sense. He, yeah. but if the right player is available and he doesn't yeah. have the money, he can't buy them. But if they're not available, he are, we, are we really suggesting that there was like no VVD? player available like, in 2019? Like, like VVD. But are you really suggesting that there was no player available in the summer of 2019? That the best we could get was Harvey Elliott and Seth Vandenberg? That there was nobody else out there that would have improved our squad? There's no evidence to suggest there was or there wasn't. There's hundreds of players, gags. Yeah, but could it, was it the right time to get them? Were the deals right? Was the money right? There was no right? money. There was no money. They wouldn't spend anything. They, they spent, spent four straight million away. quid. They, they spent they straight spent away. Four the million next, quid, guys. The next window, they, they, they spent, didn't they? They got no. 30 million in Uncanati. The next summer window. No. The next summer window was Jota on a deal we'll be paying for for seven years. Thiago and Costas. But I'm confused which window you're talking about. Even now. at the summer of 19, we won the Champions League. We spent four oh, million on was... Harvey Elliott and Seth Vandenberg and didn't sign anybody else. Oh, that was easy. And left the Champions League on the table the next year. Oh, they had money then. They had loads of money. And they wouldn't spend it. They wouldn't they spend, spend it. They didn't spend it. I think that's down. I, think, I, I don't think that's down to spend. I think that's down to stubbornness. Of no, it's enough. down to spend. David I Ornstein think. reported in the March. In the March, he went I on BBC Radio and said, Liverpool won't have any money to spend this season. In yeah, March, he message. said that. That's the message they want sent. But ah, bollocks, gags. Absolute yeah, bollocks. I don't think so. They're tight as fuck. They always have been. They'll I spend think... money. They'll spend money off the field because it's cheaper than spending money on the field. But they are tight. Like they spent money on Canate last year. Yeah, they did. They also sold players. They also sold I... players last summer. The same I don't thing think the summer before. Running a tight ship is a bad thing. I think running the way they run it is what's made us where we are. So I'm thankful for that. I don't think, I think we're asking for just, you know, way, it's just like, it's just like, oh, all the decisions you make are wrong. These decisions are made not by fucking Henry and Dingy. These are made by Gordon, Edwards, Klopp. These are who they're made by. And basically yeah, what you're saying is... Jurgen Klopp has nothing to do with budget, gags. Jurgen Klopp has nothing to do with budget. But, but if he wants he a player, he gets one. No, if he, he doesn't. says no, yeah, if he says no, if he says, oh, I'll, yes. I'll, I'll make do this summer, or I'll make do this season, do you think... Why is he having to make do? You got the best manager in the world. What are you making do for? The best manager in the world will say, "I can't make do." Oh, bollocks, guys! Yeah, no, I do. no I manager, do. no manager. It's all. It's all. No it's manager all says anyway. I'll make do. No it's manager says anyway. I'll make we do. Can't no prove manager it. says I'll make do. You can't do. prove it. I can't prove it. It's all opinion anyway. So what's do you know how much money they've spent since we won the Champions League? Have a guess. Have a guess what our net spend is since we won the Champions League. Exactly why they're so fucking amazing. Have a guess what the net spend is. I don't give a shit. What Thirty the fucking is, million. We're fucking, we're fucking Thirty awesome. million. It's we got pathetic. the best team in history, and we lost that. out on trophies, guys. Best Dude. team, my arse. We lost out on trophies. So, Twenty minutes ago, you agreed with me that this is one of the best teams ever. No, I didn't. Yeah, you did. No, I didn't. You said it's one of the best teams ever and waffled on. I never said a word. We spent 30 million in four years. 
We got a CL final in two days, like NFI just said. We lost out on a Champions League in 2020 because Klopp wasn't backed properly. You could Dude, argue we I lost out on the, you could argue we had lost it's out on the league title the year before. Move on, get over it. We're going to try and win a Champions League in 2020. But this is the problem. You're the you, people like you and all the other happy. Look, we're happy we won. Yay, we're second. And we're about. We just did a transfer committee where we just said we're going to spend like 150 million pounds. Yeah, we said. So, yeah, so we said, and we think they will. Most and we said it every other window as well. But dude, you can every see every window what we do changing. a transfer committee, and Mo says we're going to. It's 120 no, no, million. Mo, to Mo has been. Mo has been very good, to be honest. Where he go said, back this season, and go this back season and looks listen. Like it's going to be tight. Summer transfer committee, tight. 2019. Mo said the budget should have been somewhere in the region of 120 million. Yeah, we spent and I, and four I, I, million gags. I, I agree. Four million. I agree with that. That's got to be down to the people that run the club, not FSG. It's got to be down to the three people. That are to the FSG, would you behave yourself? It's down to FSG. Mike Gordon doesn't have you're, the money you're to spend. Than that, dude. You're better no. than that, dude. You I'm are, not, though. You, you I'm not. Have open mind it's these a fact. Things, man. It's a fact. They spent this four is, fucking this million. Is, this is literally going to FSG out for phase. It's, you're it's better not than FSG that, out. Yeah, yeah, it's it not is. FSG out. This is the thing because I've just praised name. them for how they run the club. But the fact of the matter is, there is merit when people say they don't spend enough money. They penny pinch. It's because it's true, Gags. It's true, and this great era that we're having should have been, not could have been, should have been better. Should have been better, but they've always left Klopp short. They left him short in 2019-20 and left the Let's Champions League at the table. Then the following season, they left him short again. They didn't replace Lovren. Now, Let's I know he was shit. Short. Let's see if they didn't short this summer. Let's move on because we got. Oh, so I'm not ready trouble. to move. I'm not ready to move. Minutes left. No, I'm not ready to move on. on. Gonna go, dude. We're going to talk about stuff that's coming up. Is massive. I'm not ready to move on, Adam. <laughs> I know that. <laughs> I can tell you're not ready. <laughs> I want to roll this back. I want to dude, drag listen, it out. Dude, we could do this in the summer, though, because obviously if things go bad, we can talk about it. There's loads to talk about. But uh, that was an amazing... I think we haven't fought like that for a long since Henderson. <laughs> Captaincy. Let's talk about Henderson. Now. No, 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 let's be... <laughs> I know, I just, I just wanted to have a bit of a rant. Everything's too fucking happy now, gangs. We're That's all too great. fucking happy. No, Everybody's too pleased with themselves. Right, it's time to drag now. it we're back to up. the... Do we're, we're you know what I miss, gangs? Do you know what I miss? Hmm. I miss the doldrums of the 14-15 season when no. we were shit. And we'd come on podcasts and we'd go fucking bananas. And I'd call Lovren a prick for an hour. That's what I miss. Can we go back to those days? <laughs> I like no, the misery. No, I like please. the misery. No, no, please not. I, I do not want that to come back. I think we're very happy with all the centre-backs we have. We just need to be happy with very, very good midfielders. So, if the... if the Let's go to Chiumeni, right? So, if... Yes. That, so if that does not happen, okay, at the moment, the spoofer is now saying that uh, he's basically repeating Maddock and Ghost. You know what would be the best thing that would ever happen? Because literally people are, are quoting Maddock and Ghost to me every day. Mm. Is for this to go wrong and Fabrizio quoting <laughs> Maddock and Ghost and the spoofer being spoofed. 
<laughs> by the other two biggest spoofers ever. Yeah, I Basically, mean, look, I, I mean, yeah, Romano I, I, doesn't know what he's talking about. He he's just he's he's not he's not a journalist. He's yeah yeah he's a copy paste merchant. He's a top in merchant, and because he's been able to to build a following through his lies, he has developed a couple of relationships. But let's never forget that how Fabrizio first got a break was by uh, publishing an interview on his own Facebook page with Wesley Schneider, an in-depth sit-down with the Dutch midfielder. The only problem with the interview being that it never actually happened, that Wesley Schneider had no idea who Romano was and had never met with him, and that Inter Milan had to, Inter Milan, the football club, had to approach him and tell him to take that fucking interview down because it's not real. And I know that because I've spoken to somebody that worked in the intermediate department at the time. So that's who he is. That's how he got where he is now. Uh, Dave Maddock, I'm sure he's a lovely fella. Dreadful hair, but I'm sure he's a lovely fella. He hasn't got anything right on Liverpool since he called Gerard Houllier getting sacked, which is 18 years ago. That's who he is. And Paul Gorst... Uh, got the job at the Echo where he replaced James Pierce purely because no one else wanted it. Because Reach PLC pay peanuts because, and that's why they have shit writers. And he's the fella who spent the entirety of the summer of 2020 telling us that Thiago wasn't happened, happening. Yeah. Uh, he said, I asked again today and was told in no uncertain terms that Thiago isn't happening. That transfer is, is rooted in fantasy. And then Thiago was announced about three days later. That's who he is. Yeah. And, and, and the funny thing was, we knew in Discord that Thiago was joining, and we told everyone that he yes. was joining. And, and we'd done pods about it as well, and people were like, shut up. The echo, the echo has not been a reliable source of information since Tony Barrett left. And Maddock the truth was since 2000, since Rafa era, Maddock? No, Maddock, Maddock was Julia era. Rafa fell out with him. Oh, right. Okay. Um, Bascom. It's even worse. Bascombe was very good in the Julia era. He had a falling out with Rafa as well. Mm. Uh, but Bascombe, when he was at the Echo, he was really good. Barrett then replaced Bascombe at the Echo. He was really good. And since then, it just hasn't been as good. Jimbo didn't have... Best. Barrett was the best. Barrett was the best by far. Bar Barrett, one of the reasons the club hired him is because they were sick of him having so many sources. Um... But Barrett was the best by far. He was he was an unbelievably good journalist who had had all the right relationships at the club, um, and never fell out with anybody. Like I always find it funny when journalists have like personal disagreements with managers. I just think that's such a strange thing for you know to happen. You're not there to talk about who they are as a person. You're there to talk about who they are as a manager. And yet, multiple journalists fell out with Rafa and with with Jed. Um, Someone just mentioned Christian Falk in the chat. Um, yes, he, he is the biggest bell end of all. Just imagine for a second if, let's say Mike McGrath tweeted out, uh, Arsenal are interested in signing Yuri Tielemans. And then David Ornstein came along and quote tweeted it and said, not true, actually true, Liverpool are going to sign Yuri Tielemans. Like, to be murder in the press box if British journalists carried on the way Christian Falk does but he he will openly dismiss the reporting of other German journalists 
He just doesn't give a shit. He's so egotistical. He'll just deny, like refute, refute what they're saying. And they're much better journalists than he is. He's only tied in at Barca, every or at Bayern rather. Everywhere else, he's just a spoofer. He's basically Romano two point Amazing, amazing. Anyway, let's hope they're wrong. Let's hope something happens. You know what? What if he doesn't come to Liverpool? Rather, he fucks off to PSG, so he pisses off Real Madrid even more. To be honest, right now Real Madrid have got the 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 target on them. That's from everybody. Nobody likes them at the moment, uh, apart from anyone who hates Liverpool this weekend. But after that, everybody go back to hating them again. And uh, it couldn't happen to a better club in terms of the Mbappe stuff. Mm. Uh, you can't oh, yeah, delighted for them. Yeah, you can't. What I, what I love, though, is like they could have had both Mbappe and Haaland. Both of them wanted to go there. And they were so focused in on Mbappe that they basically ignored Haaland and he just went, well, fuck you then. If you don't want me, I'll just go over here to City. And then they missed out on both of them. So, like, with talking too many, I want to talk to talk about Mo Salah as well before we go off the air. Um, so the two players we talked about yesterday, Tiedemans and Kone, you think if we got them, it would be, you know, I know one player is better than one player doing all of that is great and stuff. If we got mm. two, though, it does bolster the squad a little bit more in terms of numbers as well. And options, maybe, uh, like you were saying yesterday. So it, would it really be so much of a bad thing? You know? I mean... So the latest report, RMC... So when everybody lost their minds on... Was it Monday you text me and said this coming out in the French press? Mm. Right. It was RMC that were reporting that he decided he told his teammates he was going to Real Madrid. Uh, they're now reporting that he's still in talks with us. So yeah, oh, did, have they done that? I haven't seen yes. that. Um, Monday afternoon, anything that we'd heard from Anfield Index point of view, uh, Monday afternoon, this is that there was no change. We were still, we were still in, you know, with a shout. It wasn't all over for us. So that's what we heard. So I mean, it's a long way away from Monday now, but uh, I suppose nothing's changed since then. Because, no. like I always say to everybody, if Ornstein, Neil Jones, or Joycey, Joycey especially, come out and say, you know, Liverpool can't pay, because normally what they do is they say he was too expensive. Yes. Or, the, the, you know, that they'll say. You know why he's too expensive, gags? Because of the penny pension. <laughs> <laughs> Stop it. But 80 million euros or whatever, right? They'll come out with something absurd, or they say they want 80 million, the, the agent fees were 100 million or something stupid. Yes. They'll come out with something. Yeah, yeah. They'll come out with something to, to cover their backs. But none of that's happening, Dave. So that's a positive. I think no news from from the Liverpool journos, and that's not the Echo or Maddock or the others. That's literally the guys that we know get fed that info. Ornstein, who's not really a Liverpool journo, but let's call him one just because he's somehow got himself, wormed himself in there. Uh, Ornstein, uh, Neil Jones and Joyce are really the three that have been, you know, reporting things. So I think we should just stay relaxed and maybe look at what happens on Monday. And NFI literally, as I was talking, says exactly the same thing. You know, news will be next week. And going on to the next piece of news, Mo Salah. So interesting times in Discord uh, that apparently Mo Salah is done. And um, he won't be getting any sort of numbers next season like he's been got. He's had um, <clears throat> earlier this Who season. Who said 
there's there's people there's people in Discord saying that Mo Salah is finished and that we should not we should not be having well the person who was agreeing with you about um you know um um FSG being penny pinches not Kieran Kieran's a good boy uh but yeah some some were so you know this apparently we should not be keeping Mo Salah and sell him and uh, and because he's now finished your thoughts on Mo Salah being finished my friend finished. So um, if I, I'm going to see if I can find this. So Dan Kennett, being the boffin yeah, that he is. Yeah, it wasn't you, Kieran. It wasn't. Uh, Dan Kennett, being the boffin that he is, he tweeted recently enough uh, the Salah stats between the start of the season and when he went to AFCON and when he came back to AFCON to... No, no, he tweeted this out on the 12th of March. No, sorry, 12th of May. So here's what it is. So before AFCON, he played 2,242 minutes. Since AFCON, 1,611 minutes. So, you know, about 60% of his minutes came after AFCON, something like that, 70%. Or 60% of the pre, pre-AFCON minutes. So... Four non-penalty goals after AFCON, 20 before AFCON. So big drop-off there. So that's that's obviously concerning. He had nine assists before AFCON. He has six since. So similar per minute involvement in terms of assists. Uh, he was averaging a goal involvement every 77 minutes. That's dropped to one every 161 minutes. He was averaging 0.8 non-penalty goals. He's averaging 0.22. His shots per 90 have gone up from 3.8 to 4. So that's a good sign. But his shot accuracy has gone down from 45.3, which in fairness was unsustainable, to 25.4. His conversion rate has gone from 21.1, which again was unsustainable, to 5.6, which is very low for Mo. But his non-penalty XG per 90 went up from 0.51 to 0.55. His expected assists stayed exactly the same, 0.3. His non-penalty XG and non-penalty XA went up from 0.81 to 0.85. His passes per 90 went up. His progressive passes per 90 went up. His pass completion stayed about the same. His carries per 90 went up. His progressive carries per 90 went up. His successful dribbles went up. And his dribble completion rate dropped a little bit, but not by much. Mo is basically the same player pre-AFCON as he was post-AFCON. The difference is he's, he's not been as lethal in front of goal. But you have to factor in how many minutes the fellas played. Like, that there, before AFCON, post-AFCON... That's 3,850 minutes. 3,850 minutes. That's a lot of football. Then factor in how much he played at AFCON. Remember, he played every single game, which was seven. So seven 90s would be 630 minutes, except that in four of those games, he also played extra time. And he played every minute of that as well. So that's another 120 minutes. So there's 750 minutes in total. That brings them to 4,500 minutes for the year. That is monstrous. 
But those those extra and he went back and played Senegal in in two legs in the World Cup qualifiers and went extra time and also extra the, time again. So there's another two hundred and ten minutes. The, the other thing is though, those extra times were really clumped up together as well yes. towards the end of that uh, the tournament, and that hurts someone massively, you know, fatigue wise. Yeah, that you know, and they like, were they it's every three him. days or every two days he's playing one hundred and twenty minutes. I, I'm not really sure what people want from Mo, to be honest, because I get we'd all like him to still be scoring at the same rate he was, but it's it's unreasonable. It like is. before before we take the axe to Mo and say, oh the guy's finished, let's look at what he did at AFCON. On the eleventh of January, 90 minutes. On the fifteenth, 90 minutes. On the nineteenth, 90 minutes. On the twenty sixth, 120 minutes. On the 30th, 120 minutes. On the 3rd of uh, April, sorry, 3rd of February, 120 minutes. On the 6th of February, 120 minutes. Then he goes off to play in the World Cup qualifiers. 25th of March, 90 minutes. 29th of March, 120 minutes. That's ludicrous. Absolutely ludicrous. And don't forget as well that before Christmas, he also played... Three ninety minutes for the national team. One in August, two in uh, one in August, one in November, one in one in August, one in October, one in November, and then he played thirty one minutes in another game for them in November. So that's another three hundred minutes. So you add that to the World Cup qualifiers, to Afcon, to all the minutes he's played for us this season, and you're talking about a guy who's over. 5,000 minutes. Well so, over. Well over 5,000. From, from JC in the group. He will not sustain this for four seasons. For the next four seasons, Dave, on 400k a week. It's not in our best interest to take the risk. I think you're comparing him to Henderson, JC, as well, right? In terms of we shouldn't take the risk with Henderson, so we shouldn't take the risk with Mo. Who says That's... he won't sustain it? JC saying. Is JC, uh, what, what's JC's credentials? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to need to see. I'm going to need to see your degree here, buddy. I'm going to need to see your degree. I'm going to need to see your, your history of working in high-level football. Because if our sports science department says he can sustain it, then he can sustain it. Same as Romano. <laughs> Don't do that it, to yourself, JC. You're going to get destroyed. And, oh, you know, dear. I mean, like, you know, we, we, do, we do just happen to have one of the top sports scientists in the UK working for Anfield Index. And I've never heard Brundish suggest that he can't sustain it. No, I think um, I think with um, Mo as well, if you look at all the other players, there was a hint of it in the interviews yesterday. If you listen to Mo and Hendo um, yesterday on, on the Champions League interviews, Hendo, they, they were asking, Hendo, you played a lot of games this season. How did you do it without getting too injured? And he goes, I've actually been taking tips from Mo. Mm. Now, that is massive. When someone says that, and and he and Mo was like, if you want to tell him what I've told you, like the hints, but it's a secret, you know, you can't. But I won't say it. I'm not. So literally, there's remedies that Mo does to stay fit and healthy. And this year, it was just a step too far. Next season, when we talk about Mo, he's got two pre-seasons, Dave. He's got one yes. coming up, and he's got one in in November, December. Yeah. So he's going to be unbelievable. I think next year. I think next year is like. Could be record breaking for him. Really, could be. So I, I don't have any worries about Mo. Um, he 
since he joined the club, 52 games, 52 games, 48, 51, 50, uh, he just doesn't get hurt. And he does that while, you know, banging out games at international level like there's no tomorrow. Mo doesn't get injured. Um, he had a minor niggle in the cup final and they took him off as a precaution. Not because he needed to come off, but purely because they had their eyes on the Champions League final. I don't have any worries about Mo. Uh, Mo is 156 goals for this football club. If Mo sticks at the club for another four or five years, I think he will. I think he'll repeat that. And I think I think Mo. I think Mo can. I've said this before. I think Mo can challenge Ian Rush as Jesus. the record goal scorer. If if he is another four years, like the last four years, and like that's sustainable. So I'm not even talking about the 44 goals that he scored in um, in the first season. 27, 23, 31, 31. There's no reason to, to believe that Mo can't sustain that for another four years. He does that. I think you're looking at a fellow who'll be at that point 34. And I think he'll have his eyes on Rush's record at that point. Yeah. I think he could do a two year extension with him then. And I he's, think he he's, could. He's 12 away from being uh, Liverpool's Premier League all time scorer. Yeah. 12. Yeah. It's and Mo, Mo is driven by history. Mo wants to be a record breaker. It's very important to Mo to leave a legacy because the legacy that Mo leaves is not just his own legacy, it's the legacy of, of Egypt. Like, it's it's different for like especially yourself, Gags. Growing up in England, you, you, there's always been great English players. There's always been English stars, and we've been fortunate enough in Ireland. We've had a few stars. Like we had Roy Keane, we had Liam Brady, we had Johnny Giles, we had Paul McGrath. We've always had one or two. You know, now we don't at the minute because we're shit, but that's fine. But hmm. for Egypt, cycles, isn't it? It, it never cycles. really had a global superstar. No. Ever. No, not, not in football. Like, they've never had anyone like Mo. So what Mo is doing is Mo, is Mo is setting out a path for the next generation of Egyptians and saying, look, this is, this is what we can accomplish. This is what we as people can do. You don't need to feel inferior because you're from Egypt. You don't need to, you know, look at people from Spain or France or Germany or Italy and say, Oh look, they have they have better opportunities. You can do it from Egypt. That's what Mo is doing, and I genuinely think, I think he could, I think he could break Russia's record. I do. Like, if he, if we give him a four year contract on top of the year he has left, that would bring him up to the age of thirty five. That's what I would look to do. I'd give him a four year extension to the age of thirty five. Does anyone really think Mo can't average 31 goals a season for the next five years in all competitions? Like, really? Because if you do, I don't know what you've been JC, watching. JC says me. Yeah, well, like, you 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 just said you're the Fabrizio Romano of sports science. So, <laughs> like, I'm sorry, you took away all your own credibility. Like, I, I think he can, I, I definitely think he can do it. Like, we, look, look at the the top strikers in the world right now. Benzema's 34. Lewandowski's 34. Yeah. Uh, Zlatan is 40. I think he's Tom's 40 saying and he's maybe, maybe Mo could even move central. 
you know. Of course he could. Yeah. Of course he could. We could move to four two three one. Put Mo as the nine in a couple of years. I think that's what we do plan. I think that's what we're planning to do. Yeah. Personally, I do he think that's what in the box. He needs the tap ins, man. That's the, just yeah. let people create for him. He shouldn't be the creator anymore. And he can do it from the nine role for the wide players, but, but here's he needs the to thing, be the like, one in the in the box to take it all. Like he's he's not. That's the thing. Like even if he even if he does suffer a drop off as a goal scorer. The guy has 16 assists this season. Like, if Mo was getting 20 goals and 20 assists every every season, which is absolutely possible for him if less of his focus is on scoring, then he's absolutely worth 400 grand a week. I don't I don't see any situation in which Mo isn't worth that. Maybe the last year of it is a bit painful. But you know what? I'm I'm Mo is more than worth that money. Like we gave Brian a new contract. And he's been garbage all season. He can't run anymore. And we gave him a big new deal with a big pay rise. So like I don't understand how anyone could be against the idea of giving Mo, who to this point has shown no signs of drop off or injury issues. Henderson was always injured the last six years. He'd one season without an injury before this one under Klopp. That's just who he is. He's going to get hurt again. Now, I know they're managing him better this season, but he's going to get hurt again. There's no history with Mo of getting injured. You know, it's, and, and unlike Sadio, who I would be hesitant to give a big new deal to, Mo hasn't shown signs of drop-off. Yes, the goals are down, but everything else is up or the same this season. And he's still the top scorer in the league and the top scorer or the top assister in the league. Like, there's been no issue. Since Mo joined us, he's missed, what, four games through injury? Five games through injury? Something like that? The longest, the longest injury Mo has had was 28 days in his career. 28 days. He had an ankle injury in 2015. And that's it. Like, this is not a guy you worry about. He's an absolute machine. Oh, the, the shoulder injury against Real in 2018, but he was still back for the World Cup. That's probably the longest. But, like, that was as a result of Sergio Ramos being a scumbag. That wasn't an injury that he suffered. That was inflicted upon him. I don't worry about Mo Gags. I think you give him the contract, you sign him up long term. And the thing you have to remember is a lot of that burden that's on Mo is going to be off him next season because Diaz is going to step up in a big way because Diaz will get a preseason and he'll be settled in. He needs it. He needs it. He's going to be great, won't he? Be and amazing. I think he's going to carry a big burden. And I think, you know, we if we sell Sadio or we sell Bobby, someone new is going to come in and that helps as well. Especially if it's someone, if if like if Bobby goes and we talked about Charles de Catelier on the the pod last night, wow, de Catelier would add more to this team next season than Bobby would. So, I mean, you 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 just take some of the burden off Mo. You know that creative burden can be can be alleviated off him a little bit as well, with more emphasis put on Trent and Thiago. Yeah. And on Diaz, like I, I don't worry about him. I give him that contract without question, without okay. question. Quick five minutes on 
a lineup for the the weekend. Um, so, are you worried about how leggy we've looked lately, or you you think the you think we're going to be okay? We'll be up for it and not look a little bit. Uh, AJ, I think he's the seventh attacker next season. Uh, Cade Gordon, I think he's the seventh attacker. Mm. I think it's like uh, Tacky was this year, something similar like that. Basically, yeah, yeah. I think, I think, I think Car- Carvalho will be the sixth attacker, kind of like Divock was this year, and Cade will be the seventh. But I think Cade will be viewed more as a striker. I could see yeah. him playing some games through the middle uh, in the cups or whatever. Um, I think that's those two replace Divock and Tacky. Um, the weekend, right? So I was thinking of this last night, actually, after we finished. So Ali's a certainty, Trent is a certainty, Virgil's a certainty, and Robbo's a certainty. There's a question mark at right centre-back. I think the front three... Vinny's pace. Who? Vinicius Jr.'s pace. Yes. We call him Vinny as a joke. My cousin Vinny. (laughs) Yes, that is the the biggest worry I have, is his pace. Which is why I would probably lean towards Ibu. Hmm. And why I think Klopp probably will go with Ibu. Yeah. Um, plus, I also think, like, you know how Klopp likes to bring on that extra centre-back with five, ten minutes to go? Yeah. Matip would give me more comfort coming off the bench than Ibu. Yeah. Because I just think as an he's older camera head, head exactly. yeah, I think I think he's the one to bring on. So I, I would go Ibu. That's, and, and look, Ibu has played most of the Champions League this season. Yeah. So it makes sense. Him and Virgil have been the pairing. Um in midfield, I think there's question marks. Because I think he was going to start Nabi, Fabinho and Thiago. Yeah. So this discussion's been he, happening he, in uh, But he can't do that now. He can't do that now. Thiago, he has to start Henderson. Yeah. And I think Nabi and Fab Fab are starting as well. Sure. Yes, I think Thiago Thiago comes off the bench. Even because if Thiago's fit. Time again, right? Yeah, that's exactly the thing. And this this is where we're one short in midfield. Yeah, if this exactly. goes to extra time, who's the second midfielder we bring off the bench? Because there was something Patrick saw uh, yesterday while he was watching the uh, training. He, he really watches it with a close eye. He even gets all the four-on-four games and everything, starts analysing him. Um, he was saying that Millie walked off halfway through, pulled up. So he's not Ooh. sure, but it, we're kind of guessing that might he might not be available. So it's going to be CJ, really. That's yeah. the next in line, you know? Yeah. Well, <clears throat> I'm more comfortable with Curtis than I am with Milner. Oh, God, because, I think... Because he Real will just well. ping it around Milner. And he, and he holds the ball really well. That's the one thing with Curtis. He'll mm. hold it. The only problem with Curtis is he, he's not learned when to pass it. And yes. No. No, and, and that's got. I mean, is it too late? I don't know. He's twenty-two. Some people learn late. Oh, he's twenty. He's only twenty-one or something. He's a kid. Leave him be. No, no, you are right though. That that's the one issue. He just doesn't have that that understanding of when to release the ball. Hmm. But you know what? If we have to bring him on and we're two-one up, I don't mind. And we need to bring him on to see the game out. I'm happy with him coming on and holding the ball. Oh, hold the ball, so and well. and as soon as you feel them. As soon as they get close, hit the floor. Yeah. <laughs> because in the Champions in the Champions League, you'll get free kicks. Yeah, you do. You can't touch anyone in the Champions League. So draw them in, put your arse out, let them make contact and hit the floor, brawl about, 
get that free kick, stay down that extra 20 seconds. We need to be... Bastards. Bastards on Saturday night. Because Especially you know they're going to be. Oh, it's you gonna know be they're going to be. The first time someone breeds on Tony Cruz, he'll be lying on the floor. Yeah. And the second time, the, the fucking gesticulation for yellow cards will start. So we need to be really switched on, really cynical this weekend. And Curtis wouldn't, Curtis, I'm happy enough with Curtis coming on over Milner. Milner would concern me on a big pitch in Paris if Milner has to come on and it ends up in extra time. Now, look, if it goes to extra time and ends up in penalties, you're going to want Milner on the pitch. I reckon, here's, I reckon he makes the bench. And Klopp holds him until like the last five minutes of extra time and brings him on primarily to take a penalty. Because the one guy you do want taking a penalty is is Hamez Milner. And he mm. takes our first one. He's our first penalty taker. But so, like up top, how are you sticking to the main three that he's made now? Or are you gonna go old school for the bit and get Diaz on to really get kill Man Madrid? Tired legs, no, especially extra time. No, Diaz has to start. Okay, I think Diaz has to start because the weak point in that defense, yeah, is is the right back is Danny Carvial, right. and Diaz will absolutely hound him. So um, first half, start hot, start start. That's fast. it. We, that's our our best course of action. The longer the game goes, the more it favors them. Yeah. Okay. Because that's what they do. That's what they do. like. They grind you out. This isn't the Real of a few years ago that could blow you away. This is the Real that hangs around and then grinds it out and just has that incredibly strong mentality. So go out and try and blow them away for the first 25 minutes. And they're a two-leg team. Yeah, they are. That's the thing. If you remember, Gags, back in 2018, before the semifinals were drawn, I said to you I'd rather Real over two legs than in one game. That time, yeah. At that time, because they were the the ultimate big game, one-off kind of team. Now they're very much a two-leg a two-leg team. Yeah. They're very much a two-leg team. They needed two legs against City. They needed two legs against PSG. And Chelsea. And remember as well, Chelsea were able to blow them away at the Bernabeu. And they fought their way back in. But Chelsea went 3-0 up at the Bernabeu. Chelsea don't have anything like the attacking talent we have. Mm. So if we can go out, that defence is there to be punished. Courtois is great, but Carvial's a shell of himself. Militao is a bit of a head case. David Alaba is very, very good, but he's he will always be a left back, not a centre back. Yeah. And Ferland Mendy is just he's good, but he's inconsistent. There's flaws in his game, and he can be got at. And the type of person that gets at him is someone like Mo, someone that's going to cut infield and drive in between him and the centre back. Now the problem with Real then is you are kind of running into Alaba's strength. But if Mo is willing to cut inside and release the ball quickly to Sadio, that's where you'll cause them problems. Because Alaba, the one flaw in Alaba as a centre-back is when wingers cut in and face him and play the ball inside him, he will always step in with the ball. And if Mo can give it to Mane and make that run in behind Alaba, he'll find himself unmarked. Mendy will try and get back, but Alaba won't, tra- won't, won't track him. That's the one flaw with Alaba as a left as a centre back. It's because he's not a centre back. He's a left back who's just been playing there the last couple of years. But his positioning and his awareness can be a little bit off, and he forgets that it's not the touchline next to him. 
that there's a big gap of space and he'll always look to go inside and help defend. And if Mane plays it back in, Mo can get in behind them. I think Diaz will absolutely terrorise Carvial. And they don't get the same protection from midfield that they used to because Cruz's legs aren't the same, Casemiro's legs aren't quite the same, and Modric's legs aren't the same. And they may play Valverde, and that will help mitigate it, but they'll likely play him on the front of, on, on the right of their front three and have him try and track Andy Robertson. And that's fine. They can have him track Andy Robertson all day long because all that will do is it will mean that Trent has loads more space because the rest of the team will have to shift over. So I am confident. I think what we start in midfield is Henderson, Fabinho and, and Naby. Thiago comes on on 65, and then maybe Curtis comes on on about 75, 80. And like I say, if it's in extra time and it looks like it's heading for penalties, that's when we see James Milner. Fingers crossed we don't need to go there, mate. And mm. uh, you know this, But you know uh, what's really good, Gags? If it does go to penalties, mm. all of our players know they can hit a penalty. All of them. Yeah. Not just the starters. But Milner, Costas winning penalty in a cup final, uh, Harvey Elliott can They're hit a penalty. Literally, the whole squad hit a penalty this year. All of them know that they can score, not just a pen, but a big pressure penalty, like yeah. big pressure cup final penalties. All of our likely to play lads, other than no, Bobby scored, didn't he? Bobby yeah. scored in the final against. Sadio, yeah. Sadio missed, uh, Sadio Sadio missed a penalty. Yeah, Sadio, Sadio scored in the first yeah, one, he's... and he's obviously scored for Senegal in big penalty shootouts. Exactly. So Sadio can do it. He just took a shit penalty against his mate. Probably didn't. Probably wanted to make him feel a bit Klopp, better for you know. The well, Klopp, Klopp said it was his fault. Klopp told him to change it just because of that. Oh, is right. Yeah, I I did read that. I did read that. So yeah, that's Jurgen's fault. So as long as Sadio doesn't listen to Klopp, he'll be all right. Um. But yeah, look, all of our lads know they they can score penalties. I don't look at Real Madrid and think that's a mentally weak team, but I think there's a couple of players in that team that could get stage fright. I think Militao would shit himself if he had to take a penalty. Do you remember the Lovren penalty against Besiktas that went about 80 feet over oh, the crossbar? Yeah, that's yeah. what Eder Militao would do, in my opinion. I think he runs up and absolutely hockeys it over the bar. I think Vinicius could bottle it on a penalty. I think Casemiro could get nervy on a penalty because he's a bit of a head case as well. Mendy would mi- I think would miss a penalty. So like they'll have a five: Alaba, Benzema, Cruz, Modric, and probably someone like Asensio or you know maybe Gareth Bale off the bench or whatever. Um, they'll have a five, but I don't know if they go much deeper than that. When I look at our team, I think we could go we could go to 11 penalties and be fine because I'd back Ali to score. I'd back Ali to put it in the top bin. I wouldn't back Courtois to score. <laughs> Not on his life would I back him to score. Well, So Dave. I don't think it gets that far. I think we beat them in normal time. I do think we beat them. I think we're a much better team than we were four years ago. I don't think they're anywhere close to what they were four years ago. They're still a very good team that deserve respect, but I just don't see them being the same level of of team they were back in 2018. 
And like, we're, due a f- we're due a couple of final goals as well. As in, we've bl- drawn two blanks. This is a third yes. final. We're due a barrage. It I would mean, be I'm... funny if we won it on penalties after a nil-nil, though. The, <laughs> fu- the fume would be wonderful. But Dave, the hell I have to go through for that? In this I know. I know. You were at both finals this year, weren't you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's why we didn't score any goals, by the way, folks. The jinx is in action. <laughs> well, actually, we're going to win, though, aren't we? We're going to win. So I'm actually trying to manifest a, a, a Man United first half where we're four up or something. It just, just then, you know, absolutely destroy them second half. But, um, yeah, you, you know what? Just keep the thoughts positive, folks, and uh, let's see what happens. I, I'm quite confident that they're going to do the job. Uh, they're, you know, people, people keep saying that Madrid have got a lot of experience. They forget this is our third Champions mm. League final as well with, with a lot of the same team so you know and, and also if um, Thiago plays it's, it's, he's, he's attended a few himself too so you know it's not, it's not like we haven't got the experience in the side and that we should fear them um, you know we should respect them for sure they're, they're, they've done superb in, in getting to where they are but we are a stronger side we have you know that has to be said we are the stronger team and, um, you know, that's what we just need to be confident and the players need to be confident and do their job, I think. And we should be OK, be a bit worried about one player. And, um, yeah, I'm fully confident that Virgil do well against Benzema. So, mm. you know, absolutely no no doubt. And also we got Alisson. Remember that. Don't ever fear. We got when Alisson's here. So <laughs> it's completely different to last time, Dave. And I think that's where we're going to have to end, mate. We're also got, due to beat them, Gags. We, we haven't are, beaten yeah. them since '09. No, and Klopp has faced them twice now for Liverpool. And you know what happens the third time Klopp faces someone? Mm-hmm. We do. We do. So, so it's due. I think, I think we'll beat them. I think we're... Look, man, man for man, we're just a better team. Man for man, we're just a better team. The back, a combined 11 is our goalkeeper, our back four, one of their midfielders with two of ours and one of their attackers with two of ours. That's a, that's the combined 11. They've get, they get maybe two players in. You could make an argument for a third up front. You could make an argument that Benzema and Vinicius get in, but I'd rather have Diaz than Vinicius. So I'd go Salah, Benzema, Vinic- uh, Diaz. I would say it's Modric, it's Fab, and it's Thiago. It's our back four. Across the board, it's our back four. Although you can make an argument for Alaba over Robbo if you want to play Alaba left back. And it's our goalkeeper. We are the better team. Our team now is better in every area than it was in 2018. The lads that are still at the club that were there then are all better players now, bar Henderson. But Henderson now is better than Milner then as an eight. Fabinho's better than Henderson was. Thiago and Abby are better than Ginny. Trent is better than he was. Robbo's better than he was. Virgil, I think, is better than he was in terms of reading the game and calling the line. Ibu or Joel are much better than Dejan Lovren. Ali's better than Mignolet. I think Diaz now is as good as Mane was then. Mane now is better than Bobby was then. Mo now is better than Mo was then. And obviously, the sub we had to come on in that final was Adam Lallana. Now we've got Jota. We've got Bobby off the bench. We're loaded now. You look at their team, Benzema's better, but Vinicius is not better than Cristiano. Uh, Isco start on the right wing. Valverde's probably better than him. But Cruz, Modric and Casemiro aren't as good as they were back then. Alaba is better than, than Ramos, but Militao's not better than Varane. Varane was a much better defender. 
Marcelo was better than Mendy. Carvial then was better than Carvial now. They're better in goal. So they're better in maybe three positions and four positions and worse than seven. We're better everywhere. In the one position we're maybe not better, we're the same, Diaz to Mane. So it, I, I just think we're, we're, we're rightly, rightly tuned up for this. And I also think we have looked leggy in recent weeks. I also think we've been playing within ourselves because I think this has always been on our mind that this is the game. This is the one. This is what matters. This is the yeah. legacy. The league was always in someone else's hand. This is in our hand. Yeah. So let's be ready and let's just go and fucking smash the life out of them. What a horrible club. What a genuinely dreadful collection of lads. Yeah. Completely agree, mate. Completely agree. And with that, I need to go. But, um, Dave, I'm sure you've got other shows before the final. I'm going to go and shout now about how FSG are are tight-fisted and you're the type of fan that was responsible for us. Yeah, you. Not not anyone else now. You. Dear me. You, gag and tandem, yeah? (laughs) (laughs) Buddy, you have... A very good trip to Paris. Stay Thank safe. You so much, man. Absolutely. Stay in touch. Enjoy yes, yourself. Do. I'm going to try and do something live from out there. I've bought a mic that just plugs into the mobile phone, so you, hopefully 4G is good, and I'll try and um, try and record some stuff. Well, out there, speak to fans. And if stuff it's like anything that. like Leon, it'll be un- unbelievable. I- yeah. um, so you should be. Absolutely. Uh, I think Harinder's obviously going, Kama's going. So there's the AI complement of lads going over. Uh, right at the end of the game, <laughs> like we did last time, and make some sense. Well, we didn't make any sense last time, but yeah, we'll do our best. But thank you, Dave. Thank you, everybody who's listening live. Uh, we'll be back. Um, well, Dave's got some pods to do, and also we'll, there's a raw, a live raw. So make sure after the final you're on Discord because that's where everything will be, and we'll be celebrating, I'm sure. So up the reds, uh, keep those positive vibes going. Let's uh, finish the season in style, man, with number seven. Catch you then. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds, and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.